Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> you know, I think it's uh it's important to celebrate the little wins and I'm glad that you and I took little time. It wasn't like anything crazy, but we went out and had uh, lunch at, uh, what's that place called? Birmingham's. Birmingham's. I think that's important, man. Hey, like sometimes like I feel like people, um, I mean, I'm sure both of us included, it's like you'll just keep doing shit and never take time to like actually celebrate like little victories. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sure like a lot of people have like really big goals, but I'm glad that we told ourselves episode 50, we're going to go for lunch Mm -hmm. and we did it. Simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's like, I I feel like even with people, if you're like going to the gym, sometimes people have a goal of like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds or I'm going to put on 20 pounds of muscle or I'm going to do this or that. It's like, I almost have like tiny little goals. Like maybe instead of like, I'm going to do this after a hundred pounds, which would take a, probably a long fucking time if you're to do it the healthy way. It's like maybe every 10 pounds that you lose, you go like get yourself a latte or like, you know, treat yourself to like a new piece of like gym equipment or something, some new shorts, just little things, man, just to take a little moment to celebrate those wins. I think that's important. Or else, yeah, or else why do you do it, you know? It's it's not as fun if you don't take the time to do that shit. And you're just always on to the next. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's say you and I didn't do that. We would have just hit 50 episodes and then you just keep going and keep going and keep going. It's like fucking, you know, pat yourself on the back. I think a celebration, even if it's small like that, is almost like uh, it's a time to reflect, even briefly. Because that's kind of what we did. We're like, hey, we did 50. Good on us. And yeah. like, wh- where do we take it from here? You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I wanted to just throw that out there because I feel like sometimes, you know, it's like you're you're just living life without ever patting yourself on the back. It's just one thing after the next. Like, Is that a guy thing? Are guys just like, oh, I don't need nothing. Let's just... Or is it just a human... I don't know. Like, I'm just picturing like some of the, you know... I think it's like a human thing. I, I'm, I would imagine that guys are probably worse at it. Just like we're worse at receiving compliments, I feel like. Because it's even a birthday thing. I feel like a lot of guys just work on their birthdays and they're like, I don't really need much. You know, I yeah. don't do anything special. Right. But And not all girls, but right. girls are more prone to want to celebrate and really, you know, celebrate that day. Yeah. Or that yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my birthday month. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's one day. My girlfriend, yeah. uh, her birthday was Monday. So the weekend prior was her birthday weekend. You right. Know, yeah, she yeah, kept yeah. telling me. And then <laughs> the next week was her birthday week. And then that weekend was like, it's the last like weekend of my birthday. I'm like, when does this end? You get one day. That's your day and that's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, I got a question for you. Shoot. We're going to switch it up here. All right. Do you think praying works? Like, let's take the, um, what's happening right now in the Ukraine. You know, a lot of people that maybe don't know what to do, don't know how to like help out. They just, they'll post these things and just say like, pray for Ukraine, you know, or like hashtag pray for Ukraine. Do you, do you think there's any validity to that? Do you think that 
you know, is there a higher power at work when, when people pray? Is there anything happening from the world praying for a particular group? I have the answer. It's concrete and I know it. <laughs> yeah. 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 What That's are your... a tough, that's a tough question. Um, I feel here, here's what I think. I feel it helps individuals cope. It helps individuals try to see hope. Um, I don't know if it changes an outcome. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, one thing that is just classic in the culture these days is, um, Everybody likes to post on their story, pray for Ukraine or mm -hmm. pray for whatever's happening in the world. And it just, it, it's almost like a clout thing, you know, where people just want to show that they care or are being thoughtful of it. But I don't think that's really helping because I think most of the people that, and again, it's not bad. It, it, it's showing awareness. If you, maybe you share on your story, pray for Ukraine, but I bet you most of the people that share that on their story aren't actually taking the time and praying and, and truly, right. you know, trying to be spiritual and pray and really yeah, send love yeah. for what's happening. I think it's more of just like, hey, I'm aware of this is going on. Here's a post. Here's a post. As opposed thing. to like lighting candles and like genuinely trying to pray and feel some kind of connection and yeah. sending something their way. Yeah. Even if it's like an invisible energy or something. Yeah. I think there might be something to, to actual praying. I, I remember reading, and again, this you could agree with this or not agree with this, and who knows? Nobody has a black and white answer for this, but there was a big, I think it was doc, one of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books. Um, a, a massive amount of people, like hundreds of thousands of people all on one day, basically prayed or meditated for the world for, for just, you know, peace and, and health and happiness and oneness for the world. And again, it's hard to know whether to believe this, but you can measure on that day that crime goes down in certain things like this. Right. And I read this and I'm like, okay, like how do you gauge all this? Right. But Jordan Spence is just making shit up. Yeah. Right I don't know, man. Stats, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know. I got a couple for one. I think it's cool when I shouldn't say it's cool. It, it's tragic, but the thing that I like when something like a, a 9 11 or this Ukraine thing happens, it seems like the world comes together in some way and, and everyone's sharing these things and we're all like, Oh fuck, like these people genuinely need help. And it's very obvious. Let's send love to them. Let's send hope for them. Let's send our prayers to them. Mm -hmm. It's cool. And like, the world can get on the same page, even if it's for a fucking day mm -hmm. for one day, but even that doesn't work. Cause people will post and I guess it's kind of why I'm asking people will post these things. Like I saw Aubrey Marcus made a post and I, I think it just said like, you know, we're, we're praying for Ukraine and somebody commented prayers do nothing. And you know, it's funny. Like you, you finally have people like on the same page, but there's always those types of people that just want to like turn a positive to a negative right away. So that's all that they, they view the world in that way. The other thing that I was thinking about was like, I feel like sometimes like when you, like, I don't think when the world prays a higher power is actually doing something. I don't think there's a God or a source or like a Allah Buddha coming down to change the way humans interact and, and the outcome of what's happening. Because I think if that was the case, a lot less shit would happen. I feel like a lot of people pray and people still get burnt alive, tortured, 
kidnapped. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of hell on earth that doesn't get changed just by a simple prayer. Mm-hmm. People still die of cancer and they, they pray. I don't know if like, you know, if there's a God that has that kind of control, but if you think about the idea of like, we all have God inside of us. I think when you pray, it can increase your faith and strength mm-hmm. and almost unlock this like internal God in you. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thought. My other thought was that imagine being Ukraine and like, you know, getting invaded and getting bombed and you see the entire world from all walks of life, different, like in different countries, posting the fact that they care about you and that they hope that you are safe and well. I feel like that would be like kind of like an inspiring thing being like, oh, fuck, the world's got our back right now. And I'm going to give you an example of like, and this is a a small example, but it was just something that I thought about. When I have a fight coming up, like let's say in 2019, you know how good it feels when people just send you good wishes? Like when people just DM you being like, hey man, like good luck this weekend. Like I hope you kick ass. Yeah. Or like you see someone in a restaurant, they're like, hey, like you're fighting this weekend. Good luck. Them saying that, they're not in the cage or the ring with me fighting and actually changing Mm. how I'm fighting and, and the outcome of this. But it almost fuels you and gives you this internal strength of them like sending you these well wishes. Like they're with me, you know? Yeah. You have like this invisible force or this invisible <laughs> support with you. So I was just like, yeah, I wonder if like how much of an impact, like even for their soldiers or the people that are involved right now, if it does give them some kind of strength being like, fuck these people, like we're going to get out of this. Like we got this shit. The world's got our back. Like I'm fucking motivated right now. And this, this is an interesting conversation because we just sat down here. I don't know too much about this, everything that's happening with, with Russia and Ukraine right now, but we haven't thought or planned any of this. So this is interesting to think through, but I, I, I agree. I think when people share that hope, that prayer, it probably fuels people, but is that invisible force enough when the world's boots aren't on the ground with people in Ukraine? Like, the, the all, all the amount of hope that the Ukrainians get from the outside world isn't going to stop the, the drone strikes and the bombing of Russia. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like you almost just hope that it gives the soldiers and the people, everybody there going through it, strength to just keep their head on straight. Yeah. You know, and not lose their insanity or like fight a little harder. Like yeah. I'm just picturing again, this is a small scale, but like in a fight, if you feel like you can hear the crowd cheering for you and like you're, you're getting like your ass kicked, I bet you'd get your ass kicked a little less feeling the energy and the support of people. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, even if you're down and out and you're the underdog and you're getting, you know, blasted by one of the biggest superpowers of the world in Russia, like, I wonder if you could put up more of a fight just based on that, that support you're getting. You probably could, but it still won't be enough, you know? Yeah. It's like if 10 guys are beating you up and you have this energy of support, maybe you can last another 10 seconds, but ultimately you're defeated. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something there with prayer though, because I believe in, in belief, you know, like if you want to accomplish something, you really have to, we've talked about it on here lots. You really have to believe it and see it and feel it. And that goes a long way that, that carries you. Yeah. And if you believe in belief, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a similar parallel to believing in prayer or hope, you know, David and Goliath. 
like that was you know that ancient yeah. story. Even um, there's even a book, Malcolm Gladwell. Didn't he write a book called David and Goliath? Yes. That whole book was based on, in essence, Ukraine versus Russia. The underdog having to fight a bigger opponent, David versus Goliath, mm-hmm. where the underdog usually has to be very creative and really think outside the box, where the bigger guy, uh, Goliath, just is like, I'm going to smash you. I don't have to think that much. I'm relying on brute force. So, you know, it's like sometimes the underdog can get pretty clever and they know, you know, they know their um, terrain better. Maybe yeah. they, they understand like how to fight in their own land. Yeah, I don't know. And and again, I don't really understand the whole reasoning behind it. I know Ukraine has a shit ton of resources, like mm-hmm. whether it's yeah. minerals, farmland. Like I know there's a lot of stuff there that, that would generate billions and billions of dollars. <laughs> um, but then I also heard, you know, not to necessarily defend Russia, but I also heard that this, you know, Tulsi Gabbard. I've heard of the name, but I don't. I believe, I don't know if she still is, but she was like a governor in Hawaii. Um, she served in the Iraq war, badass. Like I, I really enjoy her, her thoughts on a lot of things, but she was talking about this and she just said like, there was something like Ukraine is right on the border, I guess, of Russia. And there was something to do with like Ukraine joining that NATO or NATO. So my girlfriend was trying to explain to me yesterday. Yeah. And so if that were to happen, Russia would now have enemy territories like in, in, in strength right on their border. And so Tulsi was like, this could have possibly been prevented if we just didn't have them um, collab with each other. If Ukraine just like was said no to NATO, mm-hmm. which that's a tough thing because Ukraine apparently like, you know, they, they do struggle and they could use the support of these other nations. But doing that, she just said, you have to understand at least Russia's position. You're a big yeah. country and all of a sudden now right on your border, yeah. you have you have a serious threat. Yeah. And so like as a leader in Putin, if, if he, you know, cares about his people, there would be a threat there. You're like, okay, like you guys are really close to us. Like we've been at war before. This is a little scary. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Do I just sit back and let you keep growing stronger until you're surrounding my entire country? So yeah, it's like a complicated thing and I I didn't want to get into it. I wanted to get more so into the whole like, you know, just the idea of like praying and then just that whole thing. Because I don't want to, I don't understand. I feel like it's very complicated. It's very complicated and I personally haven't looked into it enough to have much of an opinion on it. But um, before we get off that topic, because I I do want us to stay on it for a bit. With the idea of prayer and, and faith, one thing that's always been super interesting to me is when you see some ufc champions or some of the best fighters and they are so faithful so committed to jesus or god or religion and they're just like they win a fight and they're on top of the world there's some of the most elite athletes around and they're just like this isn't me like this is god yeah, like this is jesus christ this. yeah you couldn't have done this without them it's and you you look into their eyes as they're saying this and they're so wholeheartedly full of faith in in their religion their christianity whatever it is that it, it's almost um so what i'm looking for here it's it, it, it you almost like want to understand how that feels because it's like they're not just kind of faithful and like they are they are 100 all in yeah and they believe this and and you're just like i i'm kind of um 
like I admire that yeah. that amount of wholehearted faith that they have and they're like is there something to this like have they had a sign a religious sign that I haven't had that allows them to be so faithful in in their religion yeah and it's just interesting it's intriguing it's yeah. like what what did they experience that I haven't that they believe so hard because I feel like a lot of people who believe they're just they kind of make a decision to believe right but maybe they I don't know. Maybe that's what faith is. You're just all in without really knowing. Like, yeah, that's what. That's exactly that's what it, it is. That's exactly what they call it blind is. faith. Yeah. You know, it's like there's no concrete evidence of a lot of those things, but they don't care. Like yeah. you tell that to them, they're like, "There's evidence to me." Like, get fucked. Yeah, it's like you either live that way, or you live everything is random and nothing matters, and there's yeah. not a lot of meaning to anything. I, I've struggled with the idea of like having like that much faith in like a in your typical God figure, like in the Bible, yeah, I tend to like, I don't know, gravitate towards almost like that Buddha idea or I forget what other, is it Krishna? There was like a cool story that I, I'll butcher. I'm not even going to get into it, but basically the idea was that we, uh, we've said this so many times that we have God inside of us. And so I almost like that idea of like having so much faith that if you continue to listen to your intuition and you continue to do your best, you can like unlock this potential, like unlock this crazy, like God-like potential that you can like create your own reality, whether that's like an amazing business, an amazing loving family or whatever. It's like you could leave this planet a lot better than you found it just by unlocking that goodness inside of you. That's kind of like the premise behind the master key system. Hey, Mm, yeah, it's like tuning into this this spirit, this universal mind, and letting it flow through you. Yeah, and 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 getting insight and inspiration from this force that right. a lot of us are blind to. You know. Yeah, yeah, man, it's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna utilize my right to free speech right now and say something that I hope doesn't piss anybody off, <laughs> but it's honest. Okay. I low key kind of respect Putin <laughs> not in like I, I don't even know how to put it and maybe it's because I got really into Peaky Blinders and anybody who watched Peaky Blinders Putin is just like Thomas Shelby to me he's he can be a, a gangster in in the worst of the ways like he he will kill if he has to he'll put his family at jeopardy but he also has like this kind of like boss mentality or like this, this aura about him that is like very like leadership material. It's like a really good leader that just went down a little bit of a, maybe like a, a worse path, but he has the traits of like a great leader in some ways. That he, almost makes you respect him more. It's like, this guy's capable of some dark shit. Like I know, man. And that's what I'm saying. And again, I, I maybe it's fucked up saying it right now, especially like in this crazy turmoil and like what's happening right now. But like, if I'm just being honest, I like, yeah, there's like a weird part of me when I see Putin or when I see like Trudeau, Trudeau doesn't give me that feeling at all. I feel the opposite. I feel like he's like a trust fund kid to a rich dad. Yeah. Who's just kind of... He got the job because of his family name and just kind of like, I don't yeah. know, if the question's too hard, he doesn't answer it. Um, he h hides from a lot of tough questions. I just think of like um, fragility. Is that the word? Like fragile? Yeah. That's what I think about when, when I think of him. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not saying that like... Putin's like doing an awesome job. I don't really know. I don't understand Russia. I don't know how the Russian people view him. I don't know. Maybe Russian people think he's awesome. I don't know. 
But I'm just saying, like, from me, like, like when I watch him, I'm kind of like, there's something about this guy that I'm, I'm like, low-key drawn to. I know he's done fucked up shit. I'm not, like, saying, like, yeah, you know, if you, like, good thing he's killed a bunch of people. Yeah. But there's something about it that he reminds me of Thomas Shelby. What, what, what is that? What is that aura? Because I know what you mean. It's just a different, like, more alpha, more, like, it's completely different aura energy than somebody like Justin Trudeau as far as a leader. Do you know what it reminds me of? This is fucked up that we're talking about this, I think. I don't know. I don't know how people perceive this kind of conversation sometimes. Fuck it. Like, in my head, I'm just like, this is okay. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, just talking about Putin and Trudeau, it almost seems like a a keyboard warrior who bumps into a real motherfucker on the streets. Mm. Trudeau being the totally. keyboard warrior and Putin being the real motherfucker. I'm not saying that real guy is like a, a sweetheart and a good guy and always doing the right thing, but he, he, he'll take action when he needs to, whether yeah. it's for good or for bad. Yeah. He's a man of action and he's serious as fuck. Yeah. And like, I don't, yeah. So that, that that's kind of what it reminds me. That's of. a good analogy. That's kind of how I feel too. <laughs> yeah. It's wild, man. It's almost like when you have a body count, you have this different energy of you. That's like this guy. Does, this guy plays for keeps. You talking about like sex body count or killing? Killing. Oh, okay. It's like this. This guy. This guy plays for keep, like. Here's a stupid example, <laughs> but it's kind of a parallel off of this. A lot of rappers come off, especially new age rappers. They're all gangster, right? They're all just. But. You could tell, you know, 85% of them are just, they're fake. They're the keyboard warrior type, you know, yeah. they're, they're tough on a microphone. And then you run into to certain rappers who, who are just like, even the baby, he jokes around all this shit, but like, he's actually killed two people. And I've seen just lots of videos, you know, someone will confront him at a jewelry store and he'll just walk up and punch him in the face. And he's always in like a comfort confrontation, but He's just kind of a real motherfucker. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you say something to him, like, he'll hit you. Right. Or, or if you pull out a gun, he'll pull out a gun. Right. When a lot of rappers aren't about that life, but they, they talk about that life. Isn't it crazy that rappers don't get canceled? Think about what they say in those songs. It is incredibly sexist, vulgar, violent, like the worst of the worst. And like you said, it's not always storytelling. Because some of these motherfuckers, like Takashi 6 9 like some of them grew up pretty fucking good. Yeah. You don't have those. Those aren't your stories. But you're just like, you know, talking about killing people, you know, just like fucking a bunch of girls, drugging people. And I'm just like, why is Buddy over here getting canceled for like a five yeah, minute interview totally, for saying yeah. something? And then you can literally have a green light to say whatever you want. I'm not saying they should get canceled, but it's just funny how like if you're a musician, you're good. You can say whatever you want, but a comedian joking, fuck you. That little pump guy, he was, he was, I think he was a law school dropout. So his family was just money, you know, mm, upper pump. class suburban guy. And he, he dropped out of law school, I believe it is, and got into rap. And then next thing you know, he's rapping about guns and gang signs and all right. this shit. And you're just like, this is just such a joke. But do you know a lot of rappers have snitched on themselves where they just mm. can't. They've done some real shit. They've broken into some homes. They've, they're affiliated with a murder. And they just can't help but brag about how, how real they are. So they'll, they'll give out some details on the murder or on the robbery. Right. And then there's informants listening to these songs and they piece things together. Wow. And these people end up in jail for snitching on themselves. That would be shitty. That and would you, be so shitty. And, and you know what it is? It's almost like, I, I just love, 
I love like serial killer documentaries and that sort of thing. I hate them. Really? It's funny how you're hate. Yeah. I'm so interested in the psychology of these psychopaths, how they're like accountants and then they go home and like torture people and kill people and bury them under their floor and then and then they like volunteer in the community you know like, the, the psychology behind it is so interesting to me but it's like they're on a roll they're so smart they've killed 25 people and eventually they they somehow get caught and it's like a manifestation it's like they sabotage it themselves so they can tell their story and kind of brag about how mm. they've been getting away with it for all these years it's like they could just go scot-free and right. die a free man, but they eventually, even when they're like 65, they just, they, they sabotage wanna, it because they want to see like, look what I did over all these years. Yeah. Like they almost want to like make you feel stupid. Like, Hey, please. Like I did that. You couldn't even find me. Like you had no idea. Like that's how smart I am. I was watching one recently on this, uh, BTK killer, he bind, torture and kill. And his, his first murder, he, he went into some random house of like a, a husband wife and three kids and he just went in and he killed everybody and he like hung the eight-year-old girl from the oh, pipes in the basement man. like dark shit and he would leave he would send notes to the police after each murder he did with like little symbols and like riddles and it was just a it's game. game it's a game yeah. for these people and wow. eventually they're just like they want to share the game and how they've been getting away it's like we, we all want to be um, acknowledged for whatever it is we're doing, hard or bad. <laughs> so, there's some dark shit that goes uh, on in this world. It's so wild, man. People, it's crazy. And that, and so, speaking of that, like in in Peaky Blinders, that Thomas Shelby, that that's why he's so messed up. Apparently, so in the show, um, it was it was it was shortly after World War One. And so these brothers and these guys, these Peaky Blinders, this gang, they all served in the in the army, and they they were like they turned into hard men. But apparently before that, they were like they would laugh, smile. Like uh, Thomas Shelby was in love, like he was going to get married. They went to war, came back, no more smiling. Their eyes said it all. Like it's like they just had like this like trauma attached to them. It's like that photo. Yeah, I, I saw uh, uh, Christy posted it recently again, just to remind me, and I. It's like, man, you just see death in that guy's eyes. Like you see this guy had like this promising future and, you know, he just looked normal, like not very many wrinkles. And then he, he went to war for, I don't, was it four years or something four like years. that? Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, it just looked like 15 to 20 years got put on him. And not just that, but like this hollow, like just death in his eyes, mm. man. And, and so like, man, people would like turn into like, you could change your personality completely. You know, you, you go to the war like a, you know, loving, fucking happy person. Naive, you come back. Young. You could just be, whether you're a murderer, like a violent person, a drug addict, like it's like you could come back just like, man, it's scary. That PTSD and those experiences, man, like people aren't trained for that. You don't learn that in school. Even just from seeing things, you know, even just from seeing death and being around death. Yeah. And that's one of the things that is so fascinating to me about these serial killer documentaries is when it shows pictures or interviews from the real guys and you can like look into their face and be and look into their eyes and there's something different about them it's like there's something cold there's something detached in them and it's fascinating to me that you know you're a normal 40 year old guy with a part in your hair and you shave your face but there's just like a lack of soul in their eyes and it's just it's so in 
intriguing to me that there's people like this that that exist. So I wonder because we always talk, or at least I do, I've been bringing it up a lot. You know that we all have like God inside of us. If that's the case, then do we all have devil inside of us as well? Are we all capable of that? So given given the right circumstance, the right environment, the right you know upbringing, experiences, seeing the right things, like do we all have? evil inside of us like are we all capable of that i know it seems insane to be able to like you know you mentioned that guy like hanging an eight-year-old or something like that but like i wonder if we all have that inside of us but obviously for some it would take lifetimes before you could reach that point like you'd have to be like captured tortured sleep deprived beaten for years but like when you get out of that like who would you be I think there's a spectrum. I think we all have choices. We all have good and evil. Yeah. I think I could have taken my life in a completely different direction if my experiences were different and if I would have made different choices. Yeah. Same as you, you know, and it's, we all have, most of us have, we understand what morals are, you you know, it's like we're, we're drawn towards trying to do some good, you know, but I think we all have that capability in us. For sure. And I remember a friend of mine years ago, um, we were talking about martial arts and I was trying to get him to like join and he's like, Oh, I don't have a violent bone in my body. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You just haven't been tested yet. And I was like, cause we both knew Mr. Epp and I think I've shared this story before, but Mr. Epp, he was for those that went to Warman high school, like he was a fucking legend. Like everybody loved him. Even if you were kind of the good man, good man. I actually bumped into him not too long ago. Still a fucking solid dude. Um, he's like a, a tall, gentle giant, like almost like a great Dane. You know? <laughs> hey? Yeah, straight up. Right? Like, just like a really, like, loving, nice, calm. Like, if you were late to his class, he'd just be like, Jesse, could you just step outside just for the rest of the class? Thanks. Great guy. And then you're like, okay, sorry. He's like, no problem. Just step outside. And that was it. He totally. didn't, like, scold you, totally. point your finger, make you feel like shit. Like, it was just kind of like, you know, you were late, so just go outside. Or, like, whatever. But I remember he, uh, it was in class. I forget what class. Maybe it was Christian ethics or history. I forget which one it was. But he was like, you guys all know me as like a pretty kind, gentle person, right? And everyone's like, yeah, for sure. He's like, if I was at my house and I'm like washing dishes and I look out my back window and I see someone attack my daughter, you would see a different version of Mr. App. It was probably a psychology class because he taught psychology. Oh, that's Yeah, probably. But he was saying how he's like, you would see a violent person. And so we all have that capability. Like, and yeah. again, if you don't and you have kids, watch someone attack your kid. Tell me how peaceful you are. Tell me you don't have a violent bone in your body. You'll smash that person. You'll do anything you can to protect your people. Yeah. You know, and it's just interesting. And that's just like, obviously that's like more self-defense, but still violence. Mm -hmm. And you'll see red and you'll black out. Mm -hmm. You'll get angry. Mm -hmm. Anger will just like flood your body. I got a Mr. Epp story after this. Um, But, but a lot of these, yeah. And a lot of these serial killers, we've talked about that whole principle or that whole hurt people, hurt people, you know, Mm -hmm. like if people are raped as a kid, you know, like maybe they'll go on and abuse and rape people, you know, and a lot of these serial killers, they grew up with like, when you hear about their background, it's, it's terrifying, you know, like they went through some shit, but a lot of them too, they are missing something like the ability to feel empathy. Mm -hmm. There is a disconnection in their brain. They're not wired like us and they can test them through brain scans 
and that's why they just don't have empathy. Like they are, that's a scary they're, thing they're, they're missing, have. they're missing some shit. So you basically know? you don't care about people or their feelings or how they feel. Exactly. And you know, the, the family of the daughter you killed can be crying in front of you and, and you just have no emotion and you're just like, it just doesn't matter. Like this wow. is a joke. And that's the scary thing is there's people out there that are, are missing some shit in their head, you know, and they're walking around and they're dressed like you and I, um, Marquette, good man. Um, Again, he's the nicest, most calm guy. And we had a psychology class in high school. And uh, this this guy, <laughs> this this guy in class was horsing around, maybe not being respectful. And he said "fuck," and he said it loud enough where Mister Epp heard it. And you know, just wasn't being respectful. He wasn't being quiet. He was kind of making a scene, and then whatever. He continued on. The class went, and Mark Epp, Mister Epp, he said, uh, he said, "Okay, so." We were just, you know, in class here and things were going along and uh, this person said fuck and he, like he said it and everyone's like, <gasps> and like we all looked at him and, and it was a psychology class and he said something about, I'm trying to re recall this, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but he said something about how us hearing him say that word, like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember like what even... But he said the word fuck and it caught everybody off guard. That it's almost like Rogan's three magic words. Yeah, exactly. Every, he had all of our attention and everybody kind of got serious and was like, what's happening? Right. Like there's a change a glitch in, in the matrix. Yeah. Eh? And he just kind of explained the psychology behind that. He's like, mm. this person said fuck and wow. it wasn't very respectful. And now I'm kind of, you know, reverberating this back. And he, he explained it in a brilliant right. psychological way. Right. But it was, it caught everybody so off guard <laughs> to hear the most calm, you know, yeah. teacher just, just say this. And it's, we're all like, you know, 15, 16 years old. It's interesting when somebody like goes out of character. I don't, I don't know the story at all. I literally just heard this this morning from someone that I was, I was working with holding pads for. And <laughs> they told me that there was like a... It was a while ago. It was a few years ago. There was a Filipino. I don't know if there was like a president or what their leader is called. I don't know. I don't know enough about that place. But um, it was in the Philippines, and apparently he called Joe Biden a motherfucker. And like to hear like a, a high up politician, like a leader of a country, be like, "Oh, that motherfucker!" <laughs> like in an interview, you're kind of like, "What?" Like it almost throws you off. The interviewer was kind of like looking around, like, "Did this guy just call another president a motherfucker?" Yeah. Like, it's not very professional, but yeah, it's like sometimes those little like glitches or those little things that are so out of the norm that catch you off guard and you're like what did you yeah. just say yeah you know? totally <laughs> i always found it interesting how the power games that these political leaders play like shaking hands like who lets go first or who Trump holds the door open so for somebody silly with that man his that highlight video of him pulling people in for handshakes man that shit it makes me laugh dude it's cr it's, it's crazy it's such a weird like like trying to be alpha or like trying totally. to dominate them. Yeah. Has he, he's met Putin, right? Uh, yeah. I Did he so. do that handshake with that motherfucker? I, I want to say I've seen a video of I need one of their interactions. Cause there's, I, I think, I think on the video I seen of that is, you know, you and I are both leaders of different countries. You hold the door open for me. Mm. I don't walk through because that's a power move that you're the alpha, oh my God. you know? So I think he was, Either him or Putin were maybe holding the door open and the one guy just wouldn't go through the door and they're standing there looking at each other awkwardly. But there's there's compilations of these kinds of videos of just these power games that these leaders play and it's so it's funny, so man. ridiculous, man. So funny.
Humans, human nature. It'd be tough to be a leader right now. Like, oh, I talk a bit of shit sometimes on leaders, but man, it'd be tough. Like right now, hey? Like, someone say the toughest. Dude, like, think about it. Think, imagine if you're like the leader of Canada, US, wherever, and you see little Ukraine trying to fight Russia. Do you go and help them? Because that means starting World War III. Like, that, isn't that what that means? Like, if you literally go there and you have US troops there, and, and it's like, that's a pretty, that's a big move. One of the biggest superpowers in the world comes in to step in, and we know Russia and China have ties. Like, what do you do? Here's like, what's so complicated about it. It's, it's one choice. It's one decision. But the, the outcome of that choice, there's so many different things to consider oh, that it is just dude. absolutely overwhelming. It's insane, man. It's the hardest choice ever. You're dealing with human lives. I remember right when Barack Obama became the president, very shortly after that BP oil spill happened. Mm. And there's this huge pipeline of oil just dumping Ooh. hundreds of thousands of liters of oil into the ocean. And it's just like all attention on Brock. What do we do? What do, we, what do you do? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? And t- as time is ticking, it's like, just imagine being jumping into that role. Oh, dude, that there's a reason they, they, they literally look like the guy that went to war for four yeah. years in that photo. Yeah. Like you look at any president that served for four years, they've aged 20 years. They all look the same. They get like Barack Obama looked like a fucking hunk when he first got elected. He's still an attractive dude, but he got out and he looked like old. Yeah. He Gray aged hair, three times like, as much within that. Those dude, two terms. The amount of stress you would deal with. Do you remember the, um, we talked a little bit about the Cuban missile crisis. Like the Cold War. I don't, I don't know too much about it, but there was a decision made. If you're a history buff, you're probably like, fuck these guys. I don't know what they're talking yeah, about. But if you're a history buff, you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoever the leader was had to make a very crucial decision about this. This, uh, Yeah, it was the, the missile that was going to go off in Cuba or something. Okay. But it was like a three-week long decision. And he ended up making the right decision, which saved countless lives. But... Just the pressure. Oh, like whether or not he should like hit the button. Yeah, it was something to do with that. But I can only imagine the amount of pressure on your shoulders for for these kinds of decisions. That's the crazy thing, hey? Like how many countries have like nuclear power? Oh. It's like, like that's why cold wars are so scary where it's like there's like, there's very hostile. Like you could cut the tension with a knife and everyone's got these bombs that will destroy your entire country. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of like, are you going to hit the button? Because like I'm (laughs) ready. Like there's probably just people there just on speed, not going to bed, waiting by a red button, waiting for the call, you know? And as soon as they get it, just... <laughs> the tension, the tension, man, everybody's got the, the end button. <sighs> war is crazy. That's, that's a thing with war too. Hey, it's like, sometimes you think about like a draft and like soldiers going over there. Like, do we fight that way still? Or do you just send drones and bombs? Like, how do we, Both, I think. how do we war? <laughs> when I was growing up, when I was younger, here was three of my biggest fears. One was my parents dying, you know, being young, vulnerable, whether you're nine years old. And I don't think I ever thought about that. Really? I thought about being alone without my parents at a young age and that terrified me. The second one was going to jail. I never wanted to, the thought of being in jail just terrified me. That's interesting. Man, my fears were spiders and snakes and like the dark. <laughs> Yeah, I I feared those things too. (laughs) I feared everything. But number three was going to war. Uh Like that that terrified me. And I had some comfort. See, World War II, it wasn't that long ago. But when I was a little kid, it seemed like 
ages ago. Mm-hmm. And I've, I felt that we were so much more developed and past the whole idea of war that that was the last war and right. nothing like that will ever happen again because we as we're a civilized, we are, <laughs> we are in a civilized age. It's like, we've, we've, we're smarter than that. Now we've moved past this, um, this craziness, you know? And then as time goes by, you realize, okay, we're not that far separated from the last war. And then t- time goes by and you start to understand more and you're like, there could be a world war three any day. Yeah. I thought we were so far past that and that it's just not the reality. I think it's one of the reasons is because where we live. Yeah. How good we have it here. Yeah. We have it so good. That's one thing that I'm very comfortable with, comfortable with about where we live. We have cold, shitty weather, but we don't have to worry about hurricanes, tsunamis. Like who, who's going to come and bomb and drone strike Saskatchewan? Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would be like... Um... Like Australia and Canada seem like the last places that like people would want to just like bully. I remember when we were in Australia, some of the policemen around there, I was like, how do people take these guys seriously? They're like, you're just, av- they're your average guy next door with like a little baby blue hat on. They're right. like, hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, how you and doing? Just like, yeah. they don't carry guns. I'm sure things are different now. Do they but- not carry guns there? I don't know. I just feel like the police we saw were just your next door neighbor that right. were just like nice, nice average Joes, you know? Mm. It's crazy, man. It's crazy, like, um, you know, talking about just how good we have it here. Like, I, I see a lot of things where people will post about this Ukraine thing or just a lot of, like, bad places that are happening where there's, like, a lot of, like, like real war going on. And people, like, you know, this is what fighting for freedom looks like. Like, it has to look a certain type of way. And they're saying it in response to the Freedom Convoy. Saying like these jokers aren't fighting for freedom. Like this is what freedom fighting for freedom looks like. Like you should be at war, like dying and shit. Like it's like this definitive thing of like, no, it's like, that's not fighting for freedom. This is, but I was thinking like, like there's a bunch of different definitions and ways you can fight for freedom. It might be smaller. It doesn't mean you go to war, but at, at Let's say the government over like they they spied on like I don't know fifty million cell phones in Canada illegally. Did you hear about that? I don't believe so. so I just assumed that was the case. Yeah, but. yeah, we all assume that. But it, apparently, like there was there was a thing that came out like I don't know maybe a month ago or three weeks ago, which is whatever. I figured they were doing that anyway. But when it comes out, you're kind of like, oh, like hey, that's illegal, and then that's it. That's the end of discussion. What are you gonna do? They're like, yeah, so. What are you going to do about it? But if you fought for that freedom and you signed a petition or like you tried to voice your, like that's fighting for freedom. Your privacy is your freedom. Mm-hmm. It, it might, it might not matter to some people, but for some people they would rather the government like stay out of like their purchases and like well, who they're DMing and their private conversations and private emails. You probably don't want people to like just be looking at that. Some random person that works for the government has access to that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not. Yeah. But that's fighting for freedom. It's just a lot more PG than like war. So yeah, I just, I, sometimes I see that I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. But also like, that's not fighting for freedom can be a bunch of different things. It can be small. Do you know what's scary about that though, is when you click, I agree when you're signing up for Facebook, when you're whatever website it is, Nobody reads all that shit. And we just sign away. We all do it. We sign away our freedom every day. Yeah. Amazon, whatever it is. And that's, that's where, um, 
Peterson, love him or hate him, like I, I do think he's right here. Like Jordan the, Peterson? Yeah, Jordan Peterson. They he talked about like um how freedom is lost. And we've talked about this before, but it's those little small things. Yeah. When people don't make a fight about the smallest thing, again, you might not care if the government has access to your phone. Some people do though. And if you push back a little bit, it slows that progress down. So let's say we don't, nobody does a thing. They just, they have all the access to your phone. Cool. Okay. Well, they advance a little bit more. What else can they have access to your bank account, your bank statements? Mm-hmm. And okay, cool. And it, it, it keeps going and going. And all of a sudden you're in a position where you have to go to war. It's like this place where you're yeah. like, Hey man, you really fucked us here. Yeah. Like you took an inch each year and now it, we're like a mile back. Yeah. And so like he was kind of talking about how, um, and again, I'm not saying that the, you know, freedom convoy, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying how I think we have to stop like just thinking that there's only one way to fight for freedom and that's with blood and guts and going to war. Mm-hmm. No, it could be signing a petition because you don't agree with a certain thing. Yeah. That's fighting for freedom. Yeah. You know? Totally. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I kept seeing that post and I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. And the thing is too, is, is big, big government. They, they play for the long game. They they play for centuries. Yeah. Like, especially I remember hearing about China. Yeah. hundred year plan. Yeah, exactly. Like they're not planning for decades like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. Crazy times to be alive. Hey, like. Dude, it is. It's just, it's nonstop, you know? It's like, we're just on the tail end of this pandemic, hopefully. And then it's like, oh, there's a war going on. Yeah. There's this and there's that. It just, it doesn't stop. Yeah. It hasn't stopped for years for us. Like I saw somebody post the dumbest thing. They're like, these Ukrainians that were hiding in a building, there was only 33% of them that were vaccinated. Someone's like, hey, I think the bombs flying over their heads is more of a concern right now. You know? Yeah. You got to stop that. It's like these fucking people, man. That's like that one I posted a meme about a month ago where somebody's holding up a, a store with a gun. And there's somebody behind them, like in line without a mask on, and it's just <laughs> focusing on the person without the mask. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's crazy, eh? Oh man, it's the mask police. I Ugh. thought of you. I thought of you in the middle of the night, just to change topics here. I slept at my girl's house, um, kind of off Broadway, off Eighth Street. It's actually a pretty good area. I think you and Aaron yeah. pulled up there one yeah. time. I'm flattered you were thinking about me while sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Br- real bromance. <laughs> um, but I wake. I don't know if it was three a.m. today or four a.m. I just start hearing like yelling and I'm like, what the fuck? And there's some guy outside like 4am just yelling outside. Like, I don't know if he was calling for somebody, Hmm. but just some lunatic probably on drugs. It's minus 25 out. And I could see my car from outside the window and it sounded like he was just outside the window Mm. and we're on the second floor. Like we're fine. Like he's not going to come into the building. But just the thought of this lunatic on drugs outside screaming at 4 a.m. in the morning. So I like sit up in bed and I'm looking out the window. I didn't see anybody, but my adrenaline spiked. I was like, who is this fucker and what's he doing? Yeah. And why is he doing this? (laughs) And so I laid in bed for like an hour before I could settle down and go back to sleep. But I was just thinking about you when you're just on the other side of this fence in your little van it's probably the same guy yelling. Yeah, probably. And I'm just thinking how uneasy it made me feel. And I was in no threat, or he was no threat to me, and how I would feel in your situation. Wow. And I was just like, yep, yeah, wouldn't be going back to sleep if, if that were the case, middle I of the night. I hate you know? that shit, man. There's always levels to it, too. Fuck, I was almost going to bring it back to because, yeah. It's like, you've seen the videos of Ukraine right now, hey? Yeah. Imagine trying to go to bed. 
Oh, man. You literally just saw a fighter jet blast missiles down at your village or your town or city. And then you're like, good night, sweetie. Dude, that's... It might be the last time you fucking see that person, man. When you go to bed, like, you literally might be saying good night and being like, I hope I see you the next morning. That's the weird thing about the age we live in is people in Ukraine have Instagram and TikTok and people are driving down the street posting Instagram videos with missile strikes hitting 100 yards away from them and their neighbor apartment built like it's so weird that we we have access to all these videos now man it's it's did, surreal did you see the um is the heavyweight boxing champion in the world right now is he from ukraine yes um vladimir yeah. and uh he's strapping up he's going to war the guy okay. asked him they're like are you going to war he's yeah. like do i have a choice he's yeah. like yeah i'm going to war yeah i'm like holy shit man it's wild eh are you a Let's say you're in Ukraine right now and you're a guy, you know, 18 years old to 40 years old and you're called to fight. Are you a coward if you don't go? It's a good question. Like Muhammad Ali, he fought against going and fighting for the war and he went to jail for it. And that's one of the reasons why. Yeah, that was Ali, right? Yeah. 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 That's one of the reasons why he's. Was that the Vietnam War? I think it was. I, th- I think I think so. I think so. That's one of the reasons why he's so iconic. It's not because of his boxing career. It's because of this, what he stood for. It was right. something bigger than boxing, and and he was loved for it. But I'm sure he faced a lot of ridicule too. Sure. It's like, oh, you're a pussy. You don't care about your country. You're yeah. a coward. Yeah. But if you don't believe, and and, and this may be different from what Ukraine is going through because they're basically fighting for for their survival in a sense. But if you don't believe that what you're fighting for is just or right. right. Are you a coward for not going and fighting for your country? Yeah. That's what, that's where I think it comes down to. I think if you like, if, if you believed that there was a true enemy and like the war was just then, yeah. But I feel like if it was maybe like weapons of mass destruction that ended up being false and you go to war for 20 years in the middle East, then, then I'd be scratching my head being like, I don't know if I want to fight for these motherfuckers. Like, I feel like, I, like they lied. You know, you said there was weapons of mass destruction and there ended up not being there, but you still occupied that place for like the longest time. Then, yeah, like I, you'd have to question that. But if there was like a, a real enemy and you're like, I mean, like, yeah. Fighting Ukraine, for survival. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. sure if I'd be in Ukraine, I'd be, uh, what, what choice do I have? Yeah. They just, and I just saw them yeah. bomb the airport. There goes that, there goes that choice. Yeah, people are hiding away in the like in the metro station because it's kind of a bomb shelter, obviously because trains yeah. go underground. But yeah, it's um, it, oh man, it's worth it's worth the question though because yeah, it's it's a good question because I mean like look if you if you could somehow escape and and start a life with your family, are you a coward? Are you a bad person? Or do you just take care of your family and yeah. get the hell out of there? But yeah. what happens if everybody thinks that way and you just abandon your entire country? Do you know what's disheartening? I've heard a few different, I don't know if they are specifically Marines or Navy SEALs or like maybe Green Berets, but some of these guys come on like Joe Rogan's podcast and um, like even guys like Jocko Willink and uh, some of these guys, they come on and they're, they're just saying that the whole invasion in Iraq, you know, we were there for, I don't know what it was, 20, 25 years years, and they're asked the question, was it worth it? And they're all just like, truthfully, it didn't make a damn difference. It yeah. didn't make a damn difference. And think about all the people whose not only their lives were lost, their families are crushed, 
They sacrifice everything. And it's because of a political choice by the leader at that time. And it didn't do anything. It, yeah. it, all it did was probably irritate the whole you know, Iraq economy and just all the death and all the... Oh, man. It's, it's, you know what else happens? Some people get really rich. Exactly. And so sometimes people making those choices when you like, they always say, follow the money. A lot of the times that those are happening for a reason. People are making trillions of dollars, billions. Dude, war is one of the biggest profit generating yeah. machines there is. That That's why war happens, right? Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's, it's scary. You know, that's what Tulsi Gabbard was saying. Cause you know, I guess Biden just said like, um, just something about how like this is going to cost us a lot. And like, she was like, what he should be saying is like, this is going to cost you a lot. Because most likely he's got heavy stocks in the military complex. So anything that has to do with the military and whatever they, they do. And I, you know, maybe that I shouldn't even say it, but it's like, fuck, that's, that's the truth. When war happens, there are people that make billions of dollars oh, off dude. of it. And they, they probably don't mind it. You know, that's well, the sad thing. It's scary. You send troops, you send people by any means necessary because there's minerals there. There's something that you want to mine, but you, you just say that it's for this reason when in fact it might be for another reason. Well, yeah, there are different solutions, but leaders choose war Yeah, for financial reasons, you know? I'm crazy, man. Can you hang on one sec? Can I just go and... Yeah, yeah, I'll just freestyle around. Yeah, just talk shit about me for a bit. Sure, we're at 52 minutes. Okay. We can... <laughs> He's back. This is uh, this topic that we're talking about is so relevant right now. It's it'd be almost impossible not to talk about it. Yeah. Just to pretend that like this isn't happening. Yeah, totally. And again, I, I yeah, it's like I don't understand political stuff. I don't understand what causes these wars or what they're after. But like, I don't know. I hope we like. I, I like the the whole idea of like the prey thing and like talking about it from an angle where we can actually discuss it and not like get into like foreign policy and like, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. But it's just, yeah, it, it's so big. It's so big that you just can't ignore it. Like, what are we going to come on here and be like, so like, you know, let's talk about like habits and like how to fucking, <laughs> that's just it. Man. It's like, man, like, it's hard to ignore. It's so relevant. It is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyways, crazy times. I hope. I don't know what to hope at this point. I just hope yeah. less people die and more peace comes eventually. Yeah. But yeah. Um, how do you, how do you feel after last week's episode? I know we kind of both opened up a little bit. Yeah. I, um, I felt good about the podcast itself. It's funny though. There's still a little bit of resistance when you share videos and stuff. Like I posted on Instagram. Um, like I just straight up said, like I did steroids for two months, mm. you know, and I, you know, that was just like a little bit like, fuck, like it's kind of, you know, yeah, it's a long time ago, but yeah. still, um, got some good feedback though. A few, few people reached out to me and you know, they were like, fuck, that was, that was a good podcast. You know, they enjoyed it and they, they had a couple stories themselves that I won't get mm-hmm. into. Yeah, but. me too. I had a couple people like saying, thanks for sharing. You know, I, I went through this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm still, it is uncomfortable. It's, um, like I still haven't watched any of the videos on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I put it out there. I'm kind of like... <laughs> And then maybe I will eventually, but, um, yeah. you, you know, the, the thing about that too, is we talked about, you know, for the thing, I, I think it's interesting to talk about the gyno thing for the reason that, uh, and, and your thing just, just as well is, um, they're just not talked about, you know, and for the gyno thing, maybe there's some, some young kids who have it and they're like scared they have cancer or something, right. you know, like you get like a lump in your breast and you're like, what the hell is happening? And I think 
the more it's talked about, the more people are like, Hey, I actually dealt with this too. Or, Hey, I had this insecurity too. And it, it's more common than we think, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, um, it's just shed some light on, Hey, you know, it's not the end of the world. And, um, yeah. One thing I, I couldn't do when I was dealing with that is, is embrace it. Mm. I think that there's some people out there that are just like, Hey, I have puffy nipples and right. I don't really care. And I'm still confident. And, I just couldn't get past it. So that's why I did something about it. But I think that's the alternative. If, if you don't want to get surgery, it's like maybe just learn to accept it and be like, look, right. it's fine. It doesn't affect my health. It is what it is. Yeah. Cause there's something about confidence too. For and, sure. Um, I remember I seen this thing like years ago that Rihanna posted and there was this girl with like big buck gap teeth. And she had some, some very distinguished features that, are seen as unattractive. Mm. But this girl had this like ultra confidence and just embraced her look. And there was like a short video clip on her talking and doing like a photo shoot. And she just radiated confidence with mm. these otherwise hideous, you know, right. characteristics. And I can honestly say something about seeing this girl's confidence with what she was dealt was like attractive and right. i was like man this girl doesn't give a fuck like this is kind of like hot you know it's an attractive trait confidence it's the you most know? attractive trait yeah you know unless you're a weird creep and you find it attractive when like a, a girl or a guy is like scared and timid yeah then you're a weirdo yeah right but a lot of people do they they like almost like the vulnerable person that like seems like they need help like someone had talked about this in a podcast they were <laughs> saying like it's it's almost like um like a lion hunting and sees like a wounded animal, it's going to go for that one. And so when yeah. someone's like timid and and they don't have confidence in themselves, some people like almost prey on that being like, Oh, like, let me help you, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, but yeah, like it's, it's always like attractive, even like a, a bigger person, heavy set person. If they're just like, they don't give a fuck. They're happy. They're laughing. They're funny. It's like fucking good on you. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I think no matter what size or shape or what you look like, if you kind of like are, hiding from your own self people detect it and they're kind of like oh it's not a very good trait it's For not sure. very attractive so yeah living yeah. with that would yeah i mean who gives a shit if you can get to that headspace then yeah. great and i think there's a balance like we don't need to share everything that's personal about us like we don't For need sure. to share you know whatever yeah but i think it's certain things are okay to just be open about and you know we both admired that quality of great people who tend to not care what people think about them yeah. you know and these are both things that they don't really matter they're irrelevant and yeah maybe there's some insecurity behind them but at the end of the day it probably does more good than bad to share it yeah it's not like you were sharing your sex life or right. like you're sharing like some family stuff yeah it's, yeah it's just Personal. i don't know i think it's i think it's good for us and for other people to just be open about certain things and yeah just kind of let go and be like whatever it yeah is what it is and sometimes you share this stuff like and you you learn from it just by talking about it because someone might reach out and give you like a different perspective um, my cousin Wyatt actually posted something. This wasn't, he didn't post it to me, but he just shared it. And it kind of made me think about how I was talking about steroids. And I think we were pretty clear that like, I don't care if you do them at all. I really don't care. It's just when you're competing against someone else that doesn't know that you're on them. Yeah. But he just kind of talked about, he shared this thing where it was like, we should normalize men having hormone treatment just like women get hormone treatment. Like if their hormones are out of whack, like there's, it's a lot more common for like a woman just to get it looked at and get help from it. But men, some men really struggle with like low libido, low motivation, low sex drive because they have low testosterone. 
Yeah. So for like a person like that, it's like, yeah, maybe you should go see a doctor and get sauced up, get some extra tea in you, you know, might do wonders for you. I had a, I had a, uh, friend actually who I won't mention, he, he went to see a doctor because he was struggling with that exact thing. Um, apparently there's two types of testosterone or something in you. Like there's like, I don't know, what do you say? Like low T and high T or something like okay. that. Either way, when you go to just like a standard checkup, they only check one. So on the outside, this guy looked like a, a fit in shape person, mm-hmm. but apparently like he would struggle with like motivation, libido, sex drive, all that sort of thing. So he went to a doctor who is known to understand testosterone very well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh yeah, like you, you have very low, whatever mm-hmm. the testosterone was. So he gave him, um, uh, like a testosterone booster of some sort. I don't know if it was like TRT or what. Or something. Yeah, something like that. And he's like, within a month, he's like, it changed my life. Yeah, it changed my life. My mm-hmm. marriage is way better. Yeah, because if you, man, if you like, don't ever want to have sex, like, good luck. Yeah, it's gonna fall apart. Yeah, but yeah, he just said it changed his life. So yeah, it just it was kind of cool hearing. You know, it's like normalizing men. But again, there's a fine line. Yeah, a lot of men just got normal testosterone. They're like, I need more. Yeah. There's everything's always going to be abused, right? For sure. But you, you might have, you know, some serious past head trauma or head injuries and that's terrible for producing testosterone. Yeah. You might have like a thyroid issue that prohibits you from producing normal levels of testosterone. So yeah, there's, we're complicated, man. Like yeah. we are a chemical machine and, um, complicated apes, complicated apes. And, um, you know, it's funny. Like if you read, if you're just a clickbait kind of a headline reader, and you were to read the name of that podcast or you see like the first five seconds of some of these videos, you're probably like, okay, Ryan did steroids and got gyno. Right. But it's like, you just have to listen and yeah. get the context behind it. But yeah, it's, uh, but most people don't, most people yeah. like read the headline and they just, they'll assume that, Yeah, you know, and it's beautiful to not respect assumptions. <laughs> yeah. Never assume the four agreements, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fun, man. It's, it, I don't know. It feels like good to just yeah. be yourself and try not to care. It's, it takes some practice, but I think we're both. And lo and, and lo and behold, it might be like one of our better podcasts, probably because it was just like, it was, I don't know, call it vulnerable or open yeah. or just real, you yeah. know, and people seem to be enjoying it. So it seems like when you show vulnerability, people appreciate that because yeah. it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Especially for, you know, like 30 year old guys. For sure. To just open up like that. Yeah. But all right. Anyways, wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.